ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. The Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How's it going, buddy? Good, Jeremy. Um, how about yourself? Oh, good, good, good. Man, when you were playing that intro, it kept cutting out on me like three or four times. Yeah, I, other I, than Squadcast, my yeah. life is going great. I know. So we recorded last week, did an entire show, and it was over an hour long. And then you go to download them, and oh, it, it didn't save your recording, only mine. So we had half of the conversation, and then, uh, the and then remember I sent you that screenshot, and it said we were having problems with, I don't know what what their excuse was, but like you said, it kind of sounds like they're not even, almost yeah, seems like their third party provider, yeah, for, um, like online meetings, yeah, it's like they go through Zoom or something, <laughs> no. And right now you sound like you're in like about 10 like soup cans welded together and you're talking into the end of it and it's coming out the other end. My man, it is tinny, but hopefully we get through yeah, this and you hopefully sound like, like, you know, those really big lollipop mics that they used to use for professional recording. No. Oh, oh yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. They look like, like a lollipop. One of those, but with the gain at 200%. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, so hopefully we have no clue if this episode's going to work. And if it does work, what it's going to sound like when it hits your earballs, but whatever. We'll go with it. You know what? It'll still sound better than some of the podcasts I try to listen to. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. I, I listened. To, what's that? On somebody else's recommendation, um, they they were like, oh, you need to listen to this one part of this one podcast that you would never listen to otherwise. Mm-hmm. So they sent me a link. I clicked it and it was three people talking, right? Mm-hmm. And two of them were in their car. Oh, wow. Driving somewhere. And one guy had his window. He had to have been in a convertible or his windows down or something. Cause it was like, and then y'all really sorry about the wind noise well then stop you idiot or say we're not going to have mike this week because he's an idiot (laughs) i really hope that the recording that's recording local sounds as teeny because when you made that noise it was so funny (laughs) (laughs) oh that's good that's good stuff i mean Uh, uh, yeah you know just don't record. Exactly. Exactly. Or, all right, if you have something like incredibly poignant to say, <laughs> I might deal with it, but probably not. Yeah. So you can have podcasts that are just, they just suck, but it were really good audio equipment and good editing. And then you have the flip flop to that. And then you have just a flop where yeah. they, their audio sucks and they suck. Yeah. And this what this was one of those instances where everything sucked about it, but the person who sent it to me went to high school with all three of these people. Mm. 
and all three of these people went to college together, and they work in the same kind of industry, but not together, mm. right? And they yeah. just, they're morons, and I guess one guy, <laughs> and one guy was talking about he's getting fired, and he's got a lawyer, and he's appealing it. You know why he's getting fired? Why? Podcasting For giving away the, no, you know, all three of these guys work in the same industry, just not at the same companies. One guy works for himself, and one guy works for a large company, and one guy works for a competitive large company. And the one guy that works for a large, probably the largest in that industry, it, it you know, in my uneducated guesstimate, and he was giving away on the podcast when they were talking about their job, um, like trade secrets. Oh, wow. Like it was... I mean, he wasn't, I don't know if he was doing it on purpose, but he's an idiot because he was like, oh, yeah, what we do in that case would be blah, 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 blah. Verbal oh, diarrhea. You know, you're having, what it was is a molding process, and they were having, um, they call it, I he called it flashing errors, where they had, they're like trying to move remove flashing from oh, the okay. raw mold was yeah, yeah. not quite dialed in. Mm-hmm. So this idiot tells him how his company solved that problem. That's funny. Especially, really, eh? Really? <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, yeah, that's... You know what the worst is, too, is that... I don't know. I'm convinced there's some of these... And I'm talking like... So I like... My favorite podcasts are... Uh, practical ones, like making podcasts of different sorts and... Yeah, there's a bazillion out there, but half of them are just completely stupid. Um, and the good ones, you know, they're always like, there's, you know, like you and I, just two guys, right? And sometimes you'll listen to them and I'm always like, I don't think you listened to this recording before you uploaded it. Because the host will do an interview and the host will be so loud and the person they're interviewing, you can hardly hear what they're saying. And I'm like, ah, oh, I wanted to hear this, but man, your audio is so far gone. Come on. But anyways, uh, so not related to that, but one that I started listening to and I, I kind of was thinking it'd be fun to talk about. Um, there's this guy named Vincent Ferrari, I think. I just, I've heard his name a few times. And he had a podcast with some other people called, I think it's Because We Make. Anyways, he started, he kind of renamed the podcast to like Digitally Creative. And he's talking about digital fabrication and where it meets creativity. And um, so first episode he had was Jimmy DeRista. And uh, the second one was like NY Woodworker. It's funny because there's a bunch of people out there that are really talented that I have no clue who they are. Um, but it got me thinking about the fact that, and I've always felt this way. I am missing out on digital fabrication in that I don't know how to like 3D model anything. And like, I don't even have a 3D printer. And I, I, I've got FOMO for that. Like, do you have a desire to do digital fabrication at all or no? Or do you? Like, you're more traditional woodworking, aren't you? Um, I wouldn't say I'm traditional at... No, I, yeah, but... Uh, no, I mean... Conventional. When, when I, yes, in, when I started, that's how I started. And then by the time I, I was, you know, I set it down for a minute to move here. Um, I had 
evolved that into uh, like adding uh, different things, you know, different either methods or different materials like uh, metal inlay in woodworking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't gone as far as some of this. I think uh, laissez-faire steel framed wooden insert, like quote-unquote industrial mm-hmm. yeah, style yeah. of woodworking because there's, ne- there's no such thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a new thing for, you know, people's homes. But I got a project like that coming up. Um, now, some of it looks really good. Uh, I, I watched this dude from Australia, Forme Industrious, mm-hmm. and he did a couple of pieces like that. Dude is an artist, man. Hmm. That's um, cool. And he's just down-to-earth dude. He's like, yeah, there's nothing special about me. If I can do it, you can do it. And you're looking at him like, no, I can't. <laughs> you know, um, you took a piece of wood and a screwdriver and made a workbench. No. Yeah. But. Anyway, so I, I like. Uh, do you do any digital design with your woodworking? Uh, I have. Uh, yeah. Just use uh, what it was it SketchUp. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. I uh, started with that. I want to get into uh, like CAD kind of stuff and uh, get a three D printer. That way, you can design something out of your head. Scale mm-hmm. it down, print it, look at it, you know. Because you look at it, you know, 3D all day long on the computer, but it's still two-dimensional mm-hmm. uh, in reality. And that's not the way our brains kind of work And in a way. Mm-hmm. So if you print it, at least you can. You know, that's why they used to carve um, salesman samples because the picture yeah, wasn't yeah. good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You could see it in 3D and hold it and. Turn it over and look at it. See how the drawers work. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Those things are cool. Like some people that collect those. I'm on a tangent list. Um, I think Grant Alexander from like blacksmithing tools or whatever. He has a, a salesman sample of a little giant power hammer that works. It's totally cool. Like I wish, man, some of that stuff was cool. But you're right. Like. You know, you, you you got pictures of a power hammer or whatever it is, or you've got the salesman sample, and it's like, okay, this is totally cool, you know? That's cool stuff. So when was the last, like, so SketchUp used to be by Google, right? Way back in the day. And yeah, that's when I was that's, using it. Yeah, me too. And then I don't know what happened. Obviously, they, they privatized, they got sold. I don't know, but... Um, you could get like educational licenses for free. And so, cause we homeschooled, we applied for one, got one, but man, it was clunky, so clunky to use. And I had such a hard time and I, I kind of, I spent like 10 years using AutoCAD in, you know, two dimension drafting. And I never had to really create too much with it, but I had to review drawings and then, uh, I'd go to an airport and I'd measure up an entire space and then I'd get a drawing and then I'd have to confirm, yes, the air ducts indeed are here. Or if, if they were in a different spot, I just kind of, no, actually they're like 18 inches this way. And then I would move them. So that's the level that I had 
you know, I could basically, you know, scroll through different layers, uh, pick a group of lines or an object, move it, uh, you know, enter the value to move it and stuff like that. But I never really like drew anything from scratch. Like, and I thought about it too. If I had to draw a knife, I mean, I know how to draw a knife by hand, but if you were to give me AutoCAD, even the simple version I used back then, I don't know. I, I would spend probably, it'd probably take me like an hour and a half to draw a knife, which is kind of dumb, you know? And for some reason, I, I don't know why I have not jumped on the boat of digital drawing. Like, like when I build anything, I, I don't do a hand drawing because they're, they're not accurate enough for me to work to, right? Like I'm not going to draft a set of plans for me to build anything. Everything I build, I just straight out of my head and, you know, I don't even really need dimension. If I'm building a workbench or like a welding table or a welding cart, I've built so many shop fixtures. I, I just kind of stand there and I like lift my arms up and be like, this is a height I'd like to work at. Okay. What? Okay. So I'm going to make this a 32 inch high table, you know, but, um, and, and so there's that part of it, but man, I really do feel the, not a need because I don't think it'd really make a difference, but I feel a desire to learn how to efficiently model things up and be like, okay, let's whip up this table. And then, you know, if you're using the right program, you can draw it up and then give yourself a cut list. You know, it's like, I need, you know, four pieces that are this length, four pieces, this length, but, 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 I don't know. I, I think after this Christmas rush, I really want to invest some time in, in learning uh, 3d drawing and 3d and then also basic two dimensional, right? Cause if I, if I draw a part for myself, unless it's a 3d printer, I need the two dimensional like ISO view drawings, draft plans, you know, but I don't know. I've been thinking about that all week long. I've been like, man, I want to learn that stuff. I want to learn that stuff. Be kind of interesting. I mean, yeah, it's cool to think about and it's probably worked better in your world than it would in mine but you know and a lot of people can do a lot of things with it but not everybody needs it <clears throat> i mean sketchup right now is 700 dollars a year oh wow <laughs> um fusion 360 is on is 550 a year okay um and if you got a business plan and you have a business, sure, maybe you can recoup some of that. But if you're a hobbyist, that'd be tough. Yeah, because I, I was um, thinking Fusion 360 is what I want to try out. And I, you know, because let's say you you're just starting it, you're gonna waste a lot of material, um, 3D printing. Yeah. Oh man, I I think I got this right. I think I got it right. And while the picture looked great on the screen, there's some weird character in a line of code that's going to tell the printer to break whatever it is you're printing. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Or you're printing a a knife, and what you get out looks like a um, puddle of mud. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I got a. You know, you you print the perfect thing, and you're like, oh my god, I got it. And then you don't take it off of the platen right, and you break it. Yeah. Like, uh. So I got a question: if you if if you had a three D printer right now and you you could do the drawings and stuff like that, do you what do you see yourself like? If you think about it, like I think I would end up using 
this technology of 3D printing for, where do you think you would use that? You know, I have thought about that quite a bit, and that's probably why I don't have one. <laughs> that's exactly where I'm at, too. And because I'm like, oh, I could do, no, well, no, I can do the other thing better, faster. I don't know. It, I don't know, you know? Yeah. Um, there's some things I would like to be able to 3D print and uh, like prototyping. Mm -hmm. like when I'm building my office downstairs and my uh, shop just so oh is this going to work before I waste a bunch of good yeah. material yeah but then I'm thinking you know what I'd like the 3D print metal yeah well they got those now I, oh yeah <laughs> yeah they got them as soon as I win that 1.5 billion dollar <laughs> lottery yeah See, the thing I, th I think the entire world is going like they 3D print concrete now, right? Like basically concrete trucks with firmed up concrete and they can lay a foundation. And oh, dude, I saw this thing where they were 3D printing a house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And and like I know this technology is like so um, it's still in its infancy, you know, but ah. Uh, it's it's so weird and the interesting about that is it's a complete shift like so the way my brain works like i was taught machining and stuff and all machining is subtractive right you've got your material and you're taking things away from it to get the shape you want and <clears throat> a lot of things that you know there's certain shapes you just you don't think about because oh to make a tool that could cut that in that way would be so expensive or it physically can't work. Like I'm, my brain is always like, okay, on a lathe or a milling machine, I have a rotating cutter or the work piece is rotating. How can I build stuff? And it's funny because I think that's, I've never made much beyond that. And so I'm always thinking, you know, like I'll, I'll think about a part. I'm like, oh yeah, I can't make that type of a cut. It's impossible. Or the setup for it would be so ridiculous. But when you're 3D, it's, you kind of take that mindset and just throw it out the window. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you can print anything you want. And I was thinking the reason I don't have a 3D printer by now is for the exact same reason you don't. I'm like, eh. you know, one of the coolest things I ever saw somebody make was like this cable management system where he printed off. It's kind of like a little tiny flat tray, maybe four by six. And it had different grooves for the different cables on his computer desk so he could route everything. And they made little ones and he put like double-sided tape to them. And I was like, that that would be so handy, you know, just have perfectly routed cables. But I'm like, zip ties and <laughs> they have those square stickies that you can put zip ties through. Like, there's no reason for that. Um, but then I was sitting here looking at my bicycles and I'm like, you know what? There are a lot of accessories that I could make for bicycles that I think I, I could start doing on a printer. Like I've got different mounts and they basically, I machine them out of aluminum and it's, it's like a little tube and it narrows down to the size of a little screw. And so I can screw it onto the front fork of my bike and then clamp a handlebar headlight on there so I can get the lights down low. But I'm like, man, I could print those. Uh, there's a lot of accessories for bicycles that don't need to be super strong. Like I was thinking like in, in your hobby with guns, you know, uh, things need to be built to a different standard because 
there's so there's a lot of impact when you're firing a firearm, right? Like that's a lot of energy and you know, things get loose and recoil and stuff like that. You couldn't have like a 3D printed optic or something like that, right? Whereas on a bicycle, it's not the stakes aren't that high, you know. But I don't know. It, it's interesting to think about, and I still don't really truly see this. And maybe it's a, that I haven't thought about stuff and I haven't been creative in the right way, you know, to understand that, hey, you could you could 3D print a lot of really cool stuff, you know? I don't know. I think I about know. it with, let's say a mechanic my age now in 2022, they've used hand and air tools their whole life. And now you want to convince them to go to cordless. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like those cordless tools they first tried in 1983, that's where their <laughs> perception came from on cordless yeah. tools. Yeah. So now I've done my job this whole way, blah, 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 blah. And you know, there are advantages still to this day to air tools. Mm-hmm. You cannot beat an air ratchet with a cordless version. I don't care who you are. Mm. You know, they're smaller and stronger. Mm-hmm. So you can get into tighter places. But, mm-hmm. you know, there are, um, while air is still king when it comes to impact guns, 99% of the people don't need every ugga dugga in an air impact. Mm-hmm. You know, you get a Milwaukee three quarter inch to take off lug ran- lug nuts and you're good to go. Yeah. I had a snap on, I had a snap on half inch drive. And I think it's breaking force was like 1100 foot pounds and it's tightening force was like 800. Like it was ridiculous. I mean, it was like, it was a $900 impact gun, but those without batteries, but that thing was beast, man. Although it was he- it was probably like ten times heavier than an air. But you're right, like like an air gun would be half the size and it would be like a tenth of the weight. But yeah. No, I mean Ye- if you got a let's say you have a teenage daughter and you're teaching her how to work on her own vehicle so she doesn't have to rely on some dude that you don't ever want her to be around anyway. because um, <laughs> she's your little girl. Teaching her with an air tool, you know, with a swivel fitting is going to be way easier on her mm-hmm. instead of her getting frustrated because, you know, every time she pulls the trigger, she dislocates a wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, not that yeah. every girl is dainty. But, you know. Yeah. My fictional pretend daughter is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. But uh, I, the one thing, like, I've used the... Uh, Milwaukee M12 ratchets and I had a really nice snap on ratchet and they are handy like <clears throat> you know auto mechanic definitely see a lot of application for that um, what I did when I got it was at at sand gel and there wasn't a lot of times but there'd be times where we'd be working on something and I'd have like 20 20 fasteners to put in like half inch whatever and when you have a job like that it is so nice and you know, you know, the acceptable thing, what our bosses expected us to do was just have a hand ratchet. And you just sit there by hand, you start them and you tighten them and blah, blah, blah. And then you buy this thing. It was like a $400 air ratchet. And it's like, burr, burr, burr. you can get it done in a fifth of the time. And and then one of the guys I was working with, he had a Milwaukee, a cordless. And I didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but he used that thing all the time. And I, 
I think he used it more than I ever used my air ratchet was because he didn't have to run air air for it, right? And, um, you know, in our bays, we all worked in bays, and so we had one rig come in, and there was an air reel on each side of the bay. So you could have two air tools going on one piece of equipment. And, you know, if a welder was there with an oxy-saddle, or with a plasma torch making adjustments, well, there's an air line gone. Um, and I, I don't know, it's, it was always kind of a... If your shop is set up so that everybody has air tools and everybody can use them, then it's nice. But man, I sure do enjoy, like even with a, a big air compressor, like a 60 gallon air compressor, I like having my cordless tools. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Even I got out my corded angle iron, angle grinders and I've got a bunch of them. And now that I finally have like a permanent, like nice size bench that I can they can live on, I got them all out and I have all the cords unstrung and so I just have to plug them in when I need them. But uh, man, I always reach for my cordless one. Even if I'm at the workbench, I'm like, I just like this one. I don't know, it's so handy. Gotta cut something out in the yard, just oh, grab it and go, you know. It is cool where cordless technology has come in the last however long. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's like you said, um, if you're just starting out, don't you know? Don't worry about getting thousands of dollars worth of, air, you know, corded cordless tools. Just get you, you know, because air tools can be cheap. Mm-hmm. Just get some of those. Use the shop's air compressor until you get enough money saved up. Don't go into debt. Yeah, yeah. I see too much of that nowadays, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had debt back then, but. Not like it is now. Good Lord. Yeah. We now silly. I see people literally going, oh, man, I got. Let me start that again. Back in what we call my day. <laughs> you wouldn't you would not publicly talk about having debt because it was kind of shameful if it mm-hmm. wasn't a mortgage or a car payment. Yeah. Um. You're like, oh man, I got, uh, you know, I got, you know, two thousand dollars worth of debt, ten thousand dollars worth of debt, whatever. And you're sitting there wringing your hands, and oh my God, how am I going to pay this off? And you're staying up late and trying to decide whether you're going to pay the credit card debt or put money in the college account or pay the light bill, whatever. Now, good Lord, nowadays people are like, man, I got forty thousand dollars in debt. How about you? Yeah. Oh, you're a rookie. I got a hundred and fifty. <laughs> I ain't paying it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's crazy. That is crazy, just man. Claim bankruptcy and ride out seven years and the cycle starts again. Yep. Yeah, it's funny because, um, you know, people like I've, like I had friends and they're Christians, right? Go to the same church and, uh, they declared bankruptcy and they had no issues with. And I said, that's wrong. Well, I didn't say that, but we're talking about it. And and I said, well, it's not right to declare. What do you mean? The Bible says only an evil man doesn't pay his debts. And so what are you doing when you declare bankruptcy? You're not paying your debts. Now I understand you may have made some bad decisions and gotten yourself in a really bad way, but I guarantee every person that you owe money to would rather you come to them and say, listen, this is going to be a long time. It's going to take me 20 years to pay you back, but I will pay you back. 
And if this, if these terms aren't okay, like if we can't make this work, the only other option is I've got to declare bankruptcy. Those will be like, okay, we'll wait. Let's, let's figure this out as long as you're paying us back something every month. Right. And if you talk to them and say, Hey, but everybody's like, Oh, the, the, the rates are too high. I can't afford to make these minimum payments anymore. And oh, I'm just going to declare bankruptcy. And I'm like, man, that is not right. Only an evil man doesn't repay his debts. Yeah, there's more than one way to claim bankruptcy. You can claim bankruptcy, which stops like people taking all your stuff back, but you okay. still pay the debt. Oh, okay. And then there's the, I don't want to say debt forgiveness part, but yeah. Yeah. You know, so there's more than one way to claim oh, bankruptcy. Okay. I and I think that there should only be the one. Um, you get out if you get under your head and they're fixing to take the baby's crib okay hold on now let's just you know pause everything right here they're still going to pay you don't take their stuff you know and um, they have no the more screen credit tv take yeah. that back you know take the nintendo back um take mama's 30 pairs of shoes back <laughs> But, but don't really, take that, the baby crib and the high chair and stuff like that. Yeah. But the, fun, the funny thing is when you list all those things off that the people genuinely go into debt for, it has no <laughs> value. It has no value when you take it back. Right? Well, like what's a big the, screen TV worth? Unless it's the latest one. Like we've got Black Friday coming up. Man, you're going to buy a better TV than that for half the price, you know? And sh used shoes yeah you paid 250 bucks for those those high heels but man you're not gonna get 30 dollars on facebook marketplace for them you know what i mean like yeah it's crazy and you know that i i think that i i agree like it's like okay that that should be what bankruptcy is like you know what i can't pay my so boom okay and at that point you get no more credit right and at that point it's like i'm sorry here's here's the thing all these little indulgences, like you're going to Starbucks every day on the way to work. Sorry, you, you shouldn't, you can't really do that anymore because you owe a lot of people a lot of money. These little indulgences that you think are just part of your life. No, you're going to have to buckle down for a while. You're going to have to, you know, live hard so you can pay these people back. Yeah. The worst yeah. part of waking up is folders in your cup. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's the, that's what you're going to drink, buddy. Exactly. Um, unless you can't even afford that, then it's Maxwell House. Yep. And you know what the thing right. is, doing that, if, if people actually put themselves through that, so, you know, here's the thing. It is so easy to get yourself into a financially um, stupid situation because I've done it. Like when I was young, man, I was done. I couldn't pay off my credit cards. And I only had $1,000. My very first credit card I got is like a, a $500 limit was my first one. And then I, you know, increase it and increase it. And I remember I had 500 bucks, a thousand bucks, and I spent it all on stupid crap. Didn't think about it, didn't think about it, didn't think about it. And okay, well, this card's not working. So I spent all my money, you know, out of my bank account. And then all of a sudden they want me to pay my credit card bill. And I'm like, dude, I don't have like 37 bucks to give you <laughs> for the minimum balance, right? And luckily I did that stupid stuff when the stakes were really low. And I look at, man, like I know people, you know, acquaintances and man, the dumb stuff they spend their money on. I'm like, oh, how do you stand it? Like, oh, like they got like two car payments and they've got like multiple children. I'm like, how you, you buy a brand new car every two years? Are you out of your mind? Like, come on. How 
I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And, you know, so far they're making it work. They're juggling it all. But you can tell they're, they're stressed, right? Like they're like, oh, and oh, everything's brand new to them. They got the latest and greatest of everything. And it's, and they just don't relax in the evenings when they're done work. They can't go home and just sit in the country like, ah, what a beautiful evening. Let's just sit here and, and chat or go outside and have a campfire. They're always like, oh, I don't get it. I do not understand it. I like yeah. materialism and that desire. I don't get, I love stuff. Like, don't get me wrong. I've got a lot of crap, but all the crap that I have allows me to do things. I don't buy and it just so I can show people. Yeah. And I pay cash for every bloody thing. Like, and you're not borrowing it from a finance company. Exactly. Like, I don't understand that. I guess, I don't know. The, the thing is, you know what? Kids in high school get letters about credit cards. <laughs> you know what I mean? So they want to start you before you're a legal adult. They're like, hey, let, let's let's get into a lifestyle here. Let's let's lend you some money and you can see how fun it is to spend money that you don't have. And it's like, there man. There are people out there that are <clears throat> otherwise, you know, good people, right? But mm -hmm. they're young. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, but they go to start living their life and they figure out, you know, they move out of the house and they have a job or they're just starting college and they move into the dorm, whatever it is, and then they go to start applying and figure out they have no credit and it's ruined. They'll never have good credit for the next 20 years because their parents started getting credit in the kid's name when the kid was three. Oh, wow. They ruined really? their own credit. Then they run, you know, ruin their kids' credits. Has that happened? Yeah. Um, we know two people that I <laughs> They're not friends or anything. I just know <laughs> yeah. the person is a living person. Wow. And I heard the story from them that when they joined the military, they they had to go through a bunch of mess because um, the military wasn't going to let them in because they had a crap credit rating. <laughs> and, um, you know, they had, like, not warrants out for their arrest, but... Um, yeah, they had debt collectors chasing them for years, but they're seventeen. Wow, that's like how crazy. can I get a credit card at nine or yeah. seven? And some of that stuff was forgiven because the credit card company figured it out, and they're not allowed to give a you know yeah, yeah. credit to somebody who's seven. <laughs> but you know, and then the person. Uh, like estranged uncle, estranged from the family, wow. found out that this was going on, and they came in and said, how much do you owe to fix everything so you can join the military and get away from your parents? Oh, wow. And then they, they gave them that money. As That's a gift. crazy. Yeah. Huh. Um, but, no, Danette and I were just talking about this. There was something on TV, something, or on the news that we saw. We are just, we hit on it, and I'm like, you know what? I don't think, and I just made this decision. I never really thought about it. I said, if you run up a bunch of debt and you can't pay it all, and they start coming after you, you file bankruptcy, or whether it's voluntary or not, you know, because they can take you to court. The court declares bankruptcy on you. Mm -hmm. um, I said, when that's, once that happens, I think you should. The credit card company should be banned. 
and you personally should be banned from giving or receiving credit mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. Except with the exception of because we have, you know, the constitutionally guaranteed right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And part of that is living, um, having work, stuff like that. And you have to get to and from work. And I don't want to uh, uh, hurt your kids or disenfranchise them because you're an idiot. So we'll allow you to have a controlled car payment and a mortgage. But it's going to mm. be governed by somebody to make sure you're mm. paying it, right? Yeah, and um, but and you don't need a car payment, like. Well, some I agree with you, but there are people, and I've known them. I grew up in this kind of poverty area, where it was dang near impossible um, to save up enough pennies for a beater back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the um, one thing, too, is that if you drive a beater, you have to at least understand a little bit about a vehicle and kind of know what's going on, or you're going to pay a mechanic often, you know. But And there's this, okay, to go along with that, there's a fallacy that, um, well, you know, if I get a beater, I'm going to pay more on upkeep than I am just buying a car, a new or used one, or a new one. Yeah. And have a car payment. Mm-hmm. It depends a- on the car you buy. It, it really does because I had a brand new car that if I'd have known about the lemon law back then, it was probably a lemon. Mm-hmm. I had nothing but problems with it. Um, and I should have known better because the day I went to buy it, I couldn't get it off the lot because of a problem. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, you know, we missed this during <laughs> – um, you know, the pre-delivery inspection and, you know, we'll fix it, blah, blah, blah. It was a manufacturing defect, could never be fixed, but I didn't know that at the time. Hmm. And uh, it was one of those things that I need a car now, I'm in a hurry, and I just wasn't thinking like an idiot, you know, so. Mm-hmm. But and <clears throat> the thing is, too, is that people realize, like, I don't know what the average car payment is today. You know, I'm not talking about guys that buy the fully loaded pickup truck with leather or the people that buy like the base model Corolla, you know, without air conditioning and no power windows, if you can even get that now. But um, you take the average car payment per month, man, you have got to have a pile of junk that you're trying to keep pushing down the road to end up spending that much money. Like, so I look at my Honda Civic and... My oldest son has it now. It's in college. <laughs> I miss that car. <laughs> but um, so I paid five grand for it. And it had, I want to say it was like 130,000 kilometers. So maybe that's around, going off the top of my head, 70,000 miles. And, you know, I, I bought it. I paid cash for it. And this was, well, it's got to be over 10 years ago. It was probably 14 years ago I bought this car. And I've had to do a few things to it. Like, I, I think I've done wheel bearings once. I've done brakes, obviously. Um, I've done CV axles in the front. And I want to say that's it. And um, it's, so 5000 bucks. you divide that by how long I've had it, like 15 years. And then you add all the, 
you know, the oil changes that I've always done. So, so many people are like, oh, yeah, but my car comes with free oil changes for two years. I'm like, wow, that's, <laughs> that's an expensive oil change, dude. But, I mean, <clears throat> I think I tried looking at it. And I think I think I was like well under like, I think it was like 80 bucks a month or something, total cost. And this was a while ago. And, you know, I can't get a car, like an average car payment here, I would say is probably at least $400 a month. And I'm like, okay, so so right there, I know it's not like, I wish it was a bigger gap, but literally for me to drive this simple vehicle cost me at least a quarter. And the other thing is I'm not paying any fees to do it, right? Like I, I know some, like one time I financed the car because I had 0%. And I'm like, okay, it literally doesn't cost me anything to use the bank's money instead of my own. So I did it. And um, ended up paying, like ended up buying out the car, like, in two years or whatever, I made, you know, balloon payments and stuff, but man, I don't know. <clears throat> so if I can drive a car for like a quarter or a fifth as, as having a car payment, like, unless I love the idea of a brand new car. And, and again, we're talking, I wouldn't be driving like some high end thing. I might get a Honda Accord brand new for like 500 bucks a month. It's not going to f- wow anybody. Like, like people here drive Cadillacs and, I can't believe how fancy cars have gotten and how many, I remember it used to be like, wow, there's an Audi. Look at that. And now it's like Audis are the beaters around here. And I'm like, dude, I don't understand why it's that important. And you know what? If you got cash for it, do it. You know what I mean? Like my, my parents, they love their Mercedes and oh, got to have a brand new Mercedes. And it's nice. They like the one that my mom ordered in last summer, they had to, there's only two of them in Canada. And they had the, it was at a dealer in Vancouver. And so they brought it in here and it's got every bell and whistle you could ever imagine, but they pay cash for it. It was like, okay, here's the money done, you know? And it's like, cool. If you can do that, great. But then you see these people, like some of the people we know, and they've got like three kids and they drive Mercedes and, oh, they're struggling. It's like, oh, I don't know. You know what? This time of the month is really rough for us. We're not going to be able to do that event, but hopefully next year. Because they literally, they have no money at that time of the month because it's all gone. That, to me, I don't get. Because I'm not impressed by your Mercedes. I drive a 2002 Honda Civic. That's a standard. Like, I don't know. I, I don't get it. And I think it's, I think it is a huge stress on people. And I think if people could have a chance to step back and not feel that stress or the the self-imposed social pressures of having you know, a fancy car or like impressing somebody that doesn't give a crap. If they could just be away from that for a second, they would be like, oh man, this feels so nice. What a relaxing way to live your life, you know? And I feel very fortunate because I've I've been there for like 15 years, like 20 years. Like, I don't care. I don't care what I drive as long as it's safe and reliable. And, and then I value my money in the bank account more than I value you looking at me and going, oh, wow, he's got a nice new car. That means nothing to me. Nothing at all. I like it when you pull up and people are like, oh, I don't really want to park beside that guy. Because <laughs> who knows how reckless he is when he opens the door, right? I don't know. And all the while, like, hey, you know what? I, I, I don't stress out financially, you know? Like, I'm not loaded. I'm not, like, independently wealthy, but... I'm not worried at any point of the month that, oh, I don't know if we can do, you know what? I'm prepared. If something breaks down, <clears throat> let's go. If I need to replace a vehicle, 
I can replace a vehicle. Number one reason, because I'm not replacing it with a $60,000 vehicle, right? If I need to go buy another $5,000 Civic today, cool, let's go do it. It's not a big deal, right? But that comes from years of not having car payments. And people don't get it. People make payments in their televisions. I don't know. Like, I agree, a house, a mortgage. It's really hard to have a house without a mortgage. Um, and in my opinion, like, I'm very, very conservative financially. That's the only thing you should ever borrow money on, right? Um, <clears throat> like, I think if you can't pay cash for it, you can't afford it. And so buy yourself a little beater, you know? Save up a couple thousand bucks, and that's your first car, you know? And I don't know. If you adopt that lifestyle, you just save yourself so much stress. Like I have friends that finance their television. <laughs> like, we have and people that rent, <laughs> you know, that, that go to rent a center and rent their, you know, washing machine, their yeah. couch, their TV. Yeah. You're paying literally 10, 15 times more mm-hmm. over the life, especially if you rent to own, than the stupid thing's worth. Yeah. And you're getting less than contractor grade everything. Yeah. And, oh, what was it? Uh, we went to some place, like an estate sale, but it wasn't, right? Mm-hmm. It was probably a, a broke sale. Mm-hmm. It was everything in the house. Oh, wow. And I was looking, and the, the, there was a RAC sticker on the back of the TV, on the washer and dryer. Wow. I'm like. I don't want any of this crap. Yeah. <laughs> I feel sorry for you. You know, here's a dollar for a cup of coffee, but, you know, sorry. Yeah. You bought you, crap. You made crap decisions. Um, learn a lesson, will you? Yeah. And you know what's really funny? Like, talking of this conversation, so I'm sitting in what used to be the old lunchroom in the shop that I worked at, and way back to rewind like 23 four years ago i was sitting in this very room and my cousin was getting his car repoed the repo guy came and picked the car from the parking lot that is now my yard <laughs> and it was a little saturn and he repoed it. he's like god damn it he's so mad he's like i can't go out there and beat the guy up it's what i want to do and then, like, two days later, he had a newly financed couple-year-old Pontiac Grand Am. But it's so funny because they get stuck in this cycle, and it's like, dude, man, you got your car repoed. And he was a proud of this car. He drove it off the lot. And, you know, Saturns were back in the day. You know, kids these days have no clue what they were, but it was a very, it was an economy car company by General Motors, right? And they had some fine little automobiles. I thought it was a neat concept, but plastic doors, you could throw a basketball at them, and they wouldn't dent, but... Yeah, I remember him sitting in here staring out this window that I'm actually looking at right now. And we saw the guy put it on a flat deck truck. Oh, man's repoing my car. This sucks. I hate it when this happens. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude. And I'm I'll tell so, you this. What's that? I'm not sure what's sadder that he got a Saturn repossessed <laughs> or that he replaced it with a Grand Am. Yeah. I'm just. <laughs> well, the Grand Am I was feel, blue. <laughs> I, I feel really sorry for your cousin. Yeah. And you know what? I will tell you that all these years later, nothing has changed. I'm surprised that people like that literally remember to breathe every day. I know. Uh, I'm yeah. kidding, people. I'm kidding. 
No, no, but like he he didn't remember. He has no teeth. This cousin of mine now is literally toothless because he doesn't brush his teeth. And it just doesn't look after him. You know, little tiny disciplines, you know? Like, you don't have to be the craziest, you know, go out there and, you know, work out five hours a day and this. If you're disciplined just a little bit, like, hey, get up in the morning, drink a glass of water, brush your teeth, you know? Hey, you know what? You need a vehicle. Buy, buy something that's not, it's going to be significantly less than what your paycheck is every month, you know? Everybody looks at their paycheck and like, oh, okay, every two weeks, I got this much money. <gasps> so I can buy this and this. And they instantly fill it up. It's like, no, no, if you don't need it, don't buy it. Just relax. No, if it's something you really want, like tools, and it's going to give you an interesting hobby. Like I am all for the doing stuff. You know, I always want to try to be a minimalist. And I am like the farthest thing from a minimalist. But what I do is I... I don't buy stuff that I'm not going to use or, or, or good quality stuff, right? Like, I mean, well, I'm sitting in a room here with like seven bicycles, <laughs> right? But I, I yeah, ride them all. While you're ahead, Jeremy. I ride them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. You're not this, a minimalist. Give no, up I'm that not. pipe dream. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I know. And I, I try so hard. Like there's this, the big minimalist craze, like, I don't know, 15 years ago. And I really got into it. Uh, there's this challenge, the hundred items challenge. And people would try to pare down their possessions to a hundred items. And there was two exceptions that some people accepted as acceptable. Uh, one was books. And then the other was dishes and like kitchenware. But basically, including clothing, 100 items or less that you own. And, and I would read blogs about people that did this. And, of course, they live in a New York City apartment. And, like, it's empty and it's so clean and it's all painted white. And I'm like, oh, that's the dream. And then I'm like, he doesn't have a bicycle. <laughs> he can't even ride a bike if he wanted to. Not for me. But, but you know, I mean, I don't know. Like, like I don't care what TV I have. You know, like, I mean, for years and years, we didn't have a television. My TV isn't that big, but it works perfectly good. But it's probably like five years old. And I have a lot of friends, know a lot of people. One call them friends. It's kind of loose. Um, we get together with them, but uh, that would be too old for them. It's like, no, no, no. The TVs are like 80 inches, 90 some inches now. Like, we need a bigger TV. We need an 8K TV. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I don't even know if mine's 4K, but it's good enough. It does what I needed to do, so let's not worry about it, you know? But, yeah, it's weird, hey? I think what we should start doing, Todd, is have a call-in show where people can call in and we'll tell them what to do. And we could just fix Absolutely. the entire world like that, you know? Hey, you, what, yeah. if you're going to buy something, you call me and I'll give you a yes or a no. <laughs> Oh, fun stuff, isn't it? Well, you know, just, and I don't want to sound like an old guy, but I'm an old guy, and I don't mean to hurt anybody's feelings, but hurt you need to listen. Young people don't know what you don't know. Yeah. I didn't know. 90% of what I know now when I was young. 
and because you don't have the life experience. You haven't been, you haven't seen, you haven't done, you haven't learned. And it's even worse today because people get their information through faulty sources now instead mm -hmm. of going to the source themselves. Mm -hmm. A prime example, well, the example I'm going to use, people aren't going to like nor probably understand, but people that go to church. People that what? They, people that go to church, mm -hmm. but that they don't read the Bible for themselves. They don't go to Bible study. They just sit in a chair and listen to what that person says they should do, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. How do you know you're in the right kind of church? If you know, mm -hmm. if you haven't read the Bible, how do you know that that person's not a cult leader <laughs> trying to take all your money? Yeah, you know. Um, Somebody I was talking to this week was saying, I said something, right, just in passing. They're like, what do you mean? Oh, no, the, you know, God said this. I'm like, uh-uh, <laughs> I can show you in black and white. And they're like, well, no, our pastor said, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's another one of those things where it's, oh, everything in moderation. You know, mm -hmm. God is love, you know. <sighs> All right. Enjoy hell. That's nice <laughs> thing. Yeah. Because I, 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 you know, talked till I was blue in the face about this years ago to somebody that I actually really wanted to try to, I don't want to say save that. That's not my job, but um, convinced that they were doing it, that they mm -hmm. were looking at things incorrectly. And then I really cared about this person. They were a really good friend. They didn't want them to go to hell. Mm -hmm. could not convince this guy with a two-by-four. Hmm. Okay, I quit. You know, I give up. Yeah. And something told me, it was like, you know, uh, just you're wasting your breath. Take those efforts and go over here to this other person. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. And the other person was like, oh, really? You know, where does it say that? And I'm going to show them and, you know, actually went and bought them a, study Bible and give it to them. And they're like, Oh, I'm not going back to this church. Yeah. Because they read, mm -hmm. you know, and then if the uh, pastor was preaching on, I don't know, uh, St. John and they would read and they're like, that's not what this said. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Or this isn't a clear reading of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. it doesn't say, well, the, the lesson was about um, things that you and I have talked about before that's not in the Bible in a good way. It says clearly don't do that, but people are doing it now, and they're rubbing it in your face. Hmm. And, um, well, I'm, you know, well, my position is it's not my job to judge them. My job to say, hey, you know, you sh probably shouldn't do that, but if you do, here's the consequences. You know, and that's between you and the Lord. Mm -hmm. But, um, and this person, they they were, you know, heterosexual, had a wife, had kids, but they were going to a church that said, well, as long as, you know, you're a good Christian otherwise. 
as long as you're, you know, believing God otherwise. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, you get one free get out of jail sin card. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Can you show me that, please? Yeah. You know who's gotten like crazy is a United Church across Canada. Like it's, you know, they say it's a, it's so weird because there are world religions and, you know, even within them, there's a lot of different, like, uh, Muslims have different sects, right? And there's so, such a huge variation in beliefs among Muslims and just like Christians. And so, you know, Christians, you get like Baptists, uh, Methodists, Evangelicals, uh, the United Church Catholics all get lumped into them. And there's something like I personally, like Catholicism is not Christianity. And people say, yeah, it is. I'm a Christian. I'm a Catholic. And it's like, no, you're not. Uh, Christianity is believing that the only way to get to heaven is through Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone because he died for your sins on the cross. And you need to ask forgiveness, repent of your sins and accept them as your savior. And then you are a Christian and you will go to heaven. Catholics add a bunch of fluff onto it, right? Oh, no, you got to do the rosary. You can't talk to God. You got to talk through your father. Okay, so that's not Christianity. That's Catholicism. And everybody, you say Catholics aren't Christians. Like, you can't be a fundamental Christian and a fundamental Catholic. They are they are completely different things. And and the whole world has got to say, oh, if you're a Catholic, you're a Christian. No, you're not. You're, you're not. Done. Full stop. And um, it's harsh. And, you know, Catholics has a, we use the same Bible, right? But it's like, nope, sorry. Like, you literally think that you have to pray to Mary? That's not what Christians believe. And you think you have to go through a father in the church who's most likely a pedophile? Uh, that's my own judgment. But um, I'm sorry. Nope, that's, that's not right. Like, and then same thing, like, we got this United Church. And they have gone so, uh, like, reaching out and pro lgbtqzy 4367 whatever the new thing is he her she them us uh, just they've gone and it's like okay they used to be well i don't know i always thought that they were just a different version of christian churches but no like they, they like you said they the, the there's fundamental beliefs and fundamental rights and wrongs. And you can't just be like, oh, well, we're just going to change that for now. You can't do that. Like right is still right. Wrong is still wrong. And there's things that are very clearly spelled out in the Bible. This is wrong. You know, and it's, I don't know. And even in what I can say, like, like a normal Christian church, they water down the gospel so much. They water down Christianity because they don't want it to be offensive. Right. They just, no, no, we got to try to, if, if you have a church that's trying to be inclusive, that's the problem. That's a problem. And, and the church should be loving and welcoming. But when I say inclusive, I mean it the way that society calls it now. Like you have to be inclusive. Well, no, I don't. Okay. Like I'm allowed to think this is right. And this is wrong. And if you're on the wrong side, I'm allowed to think, Hey, what you believe in, what you're doing is wrong. It's a sin. Sorry, by that standard, by the world standard, that's I'm not being inclusive. Now, I need to treat you with kindness and love and grace, right? That's what Jesus did. He hung out with tax collectors, uh, prostitutes. He, he hung out with the people and everybody was mad at him. But he's like, I came to seek and save the lost. 
right? He didn't come to, to save all the religious leaders of the day. First of all, they wouldn't have anything to do with him, but he came to save the lost people. But he didn't come and say, you know what? What you're doing is just fine. No, he said, repent and follow me. You know, and, and, and so many churches, that's the reason why Christianity is dying is because the church, the modern day Christian church doesn't say, hey, right is right, wrong is wrong. Oh no, we got to make it palatable for everybody. Sorry. You're going to lose that one. Way, way, way to enjoy weak, watered down pseudo Christianity. It's entirely useless and your kids won't be going to church when they're adults. Have a nice life. <laughs> no, no, I enjoy the church we're at now because they preach from the Bible. And uh, like I've told my kids, I said, like my son's in, in Prairie now going to school and uh, he goes to churches there. And I said, just one thing, like there's a lot of churches that might seem like, oh, that's a really great Christian church. Just make sure that everything that they say from the pulpit is backed up by the Bible, you know, because you know, pe people can spin things a little bit. And I know there's different interpretations that you and I, Todd, could even read something and, and get a different spin on it. That's that's fine, right? But if, if you're preaching at me and it's not even in the Bible, if I'm trying to convince you saying, hey, this is this, this, and it's nowhere in the Bible, okay, that that's when you got to be like, this is a red flag right here. You're preaching up your own doctrine, not the truth of the Word of God. How do we get on this topic? I just kind of went off there. <laughs> How dare you? Well, you know, just life's twisting turns. That's right. That's right. Hey, complete little twist turn here. <laughs> that's a lot of snow we got there, hey? Yeah. I was, uh, I'll keep my uh, 68, 70 degrees. Thanks. Yeah. So, okay. Let me just do minus 15. Oops. Not. Uh, C2F, Google search that. So we're five degrees Fahrenheit overnight. And we've got a daytime high on Tuesday of four degrees Fahrenheit for a high. Like winter yeah. all of a sudden, like one week ago, was it snowing? No, because like, so last week, Ava had, um, she's been doing like these horse lessons. And last Wednesday she had them and she was still riding in a t-shirt last Wednesday and they only do them through October and that was last Wednesday October and then this Wednesday it was like it was like minus seven degrees and blizzarding it's like what is going on man we got some like uh three foot high snow drifts at the end of our driveway so man it's like fully on I don't think we have one day above freezing in the next two weeks on our forecast oh it came hard man just boom here you go winter time it's global warming yeah, this global warming is brutal, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. so hot. It's got to be, yeah. Yeah. No, this is funny because that didn't pan out for him, so now they call it climate change. <laughs> and some people could be like, wait a minute. This summer it was a lot warmer than it is now. We've got climate change. <laughs> it's called the season. How dare yeah, you? The, uh, somebody was... Uh, talking about it was one of the Karen types and we're talking about climate change and global warming and this, that, and the other. And they were screaming. And I we were trying to walk in someplace and they're hollering about it. And they quieted down just enough. 
do you know um, that we're in the middle of climate change? And I said, no poop, Sherlock. You know, the climate has been changing since the world was created. Yeah. <clears throat> Unless it's artificial, it can't be the same summer, spring, winter, fall every year. Yeah. Unless it's artificial, it exactly. can't be the same year after year after year. Mm -hmm. So we're in a constant state of change. So shut up. Yeah. And I yes. thought the woman was going to hit me. That's too much for some people to accept, you know. <clears throat> um, can you hear an air compressor in the background? No. Okay, good. Good. These mics do a pretty good job of not picking up a whole bunch of stuff, hey? Um, well, you know, we, we invested in the best. So. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was listening to you every now and then, like I'd say every two months, I'm always like, I wonder what's on the Joe Rogan podcast. And it's not like, it's literally about how often I listen to one episode every two months. But, uh, and I always look for somebody that I may know or that doesn't sound, because some of his stuff is kind of gross and lewd and crude. And it's like, I'm sorry, I don't have time to fill my mind with this garbage, but um, I saw Dr. Phil. <laughs> and, uh, I remember Dr. Phil from the Oprah days, and that was the last I ever really knew of him or paid attention to him. And it was actually a pretty good episode. It's just talking about this stuff, like common sense and how it's gone. They were going over like lists of words that you're not allowed to say anymore. Uh, like peanut gallery. That's a, that's a canceled word. You're not supposed to say peanut gallery. Anymore. Or mom and dad. You're not ever, you're not in schools. They're trying to get kids not to say mom and dad, because if I have a mom and a mom, then that word is offensive to me. It was just it was an interesting conversation, and it just but yeah, it's crazy this world we live in, man. You know, one thing I thought was interesting is that uh, so Doctor Phil was saying instead of cancel culture, they should look at it and treat it as council culture. So if somebody says something like wildly different than what you believe is true, you should go and have a conversation and you counsel them or they counsel you. You know what I mean? Like, so like that just encourages conversation or conversation culture. Instead of just canceling something you don't agree with, be like, Hey, listen, you know what? You said something that I think is absolutely outrageous. Can you, can you, first of all, let me know why you feel that is like that. And can you, and then, can I explain the way I see things? You know, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. yeah. There's another way of looking at it, too. Um, somebody says, <clears throat> and we'll leave the kids out of it and just say, you're 18 or older, right? Somebody says, oh, you know, how's your, how are your parents doing? Or how's your mom and dad? Well, I have a mom and a mom. Well, how are they doing? Oh, good. And then go on with your life because it doesn't affect you at all. Mm -hmm. You know? Exactly. Just stop with the, you have to, you know, this, that, and the other, and you can't do this, that, and the other. Just shut up and move on with your life, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because so if everybody would just go back to the beginning, and say, everyone has a right to do what they want to do as long as it has no negative impact on anyone mm -hmm. else. Yeah. And, and your personal life should be just that. 
mm-hmm. personal exactly, and private, i.e., I don't want to know. Yep. I don't know what this made people so curious about what the heck other people do in their bedroom or yep. wherever, you know? Yep. I just, no, stop. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, dude, I got to tell you. I just it just hit me. <clears throat> I lost my phone. What? I did. Uh, went to go get the. It was dropping the truck off early Tuesday morning to have it uh, inside and out detailed, and then have the windows tinted. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> we were trying to rush out and had to get some some of Benny's stroller and his dog bed out of the truck and i had laid my cup of coffee and my cell phone on the rail of the bed of the truck Uh oh and it was a comedy of errors because you know my truck passenger side was parked next to danette's driver's side she was trying to open her doors to be helpful while i'm trying to open mine i'm like this isn't gonna work and i was when I get in a hurry, I, I hate being late for anything, mm-hmm. even a stupid truck appointment. You know, it's fifteen minutes. If I'm not there fifteen minutes early, I'm late. Mm-hmm. That's my, you know, mentality. And I'm like, we're already not going to be there. And I'm like, ah, so I was getting a little irritated. And then I guess I just grabbed my coffee when I went around to the oh, driver's no. side. So my cell phone is sitting on the rail of the better truck. And I have mm-hmm. a, you know, it has this um, rubberized thing on the top of the bed. So it's a little slick, but a little s- grippy as well. Mm-hmm. Take off. And then when I remember that the, I didn't, oh my God, I don't have my phone. Oh, I left it on the bed of the truck. Oh, no. It's no longer there. Oh, no. Where I put it, I can see in the side view mirror. Yeah. Like, oh man, that's not not there. So, so I go do? drop the truck off, and Danette wasn't f- behind me right away because I had to leave it there all day. So she was going to follow me and pick me up. Yeah, and uh, and she wasn't behind me right away. She's like, oh, she must have saw it fall off, and she stopped and pick it up. So we get there, drop it off, and I'm like, you, did you pick up my phone? She's like, huh? No. Dude, I dropped it. It's like, oh no, I don't know where it is. So oh, we just—I try to use the find my phone feature. Oh yeah, we don't have a cell signal here. Ah oh, yeah yeah. So it just knows the last time it was someplace. Yeah. It doesn't know where it is. Yeah. So it's telling me, oh, the last time we saw it, it was in this circle, and which pretty much the property, and we went all over the road, the side of the road, but. We have ditches, leaves are falling. I'm like, if it fell down there, we'll never find it. Um, yeah. Literally, you'll never find it. And we do this two or three times over two or three hours. Danette walks all the way to the middle, down to the end of the road and back. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like, just go to T-Mobile and get me a new phone. And I, by mm-hmm. then, I couldn't be in public. I was so mad. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, just... We can both do everything on the account. Just head to town to get me a phone. And she's like, well, you know, blah. I'm like, fine. Let's take the 
side by side, and we'll go up to the top of the hill and back one time. And I remembered about then, because we were just drove down to where that lady's property is, where the guys do rock, mm-hmm. and they're all of, you know, they're all Latin, right? Mm-hmm. And I know the guy who leases the property and is the boss. And we drove down there to see him because they were coming in and I was going out. In fact, the boss, their boss, kind of ran me into the off the road a little bit. Mm. And uh, and then it hit me. Wait a minute. I bet you that's where it fell off. Because Anyway, we go down to see him and he goes, I'm like, hey, where's Saeed? And they show me where he is. I walk down there. He's like, hey, what's going on with us? A little bit of small talk about the weather. And I'm like, hey, when you're coming in this morning, any of you guys just see a cell phone with a red cover in the road? Dude, the denial started right away. Really? As soon as I ask anything, they're like, oh, no, what time was that? I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, you know what time it is because you ran me off the road. Mm -hmm. I'm like, 7.30-ish. It's like, oh, I didn't get here until after 8. And I'm thinking, M. Effort, you ran me off the road and you're lying to me in the face. You know? Mm-hmm. So now I'm getting a little irritated. And then uh, the other guy's like, said, ask him in Spanish. Because I can understand a little. I can't mm-hmm. speak any. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're like, what he asked him was, what do I want? And then Saeed told him that I just accused them of stealing my <laughs> telephone. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I didn't. He's like, what? I said, no, I didn't. I'm just asking if you saw it on the road. That was all. I'm not accusing anybody of anything because I know it fell off my truck. Mm-hmm. I know it did. And uh, I'm like, well, I'll see y'all later. And I like got in and left before, you know, the machetes came out. Mm-hmm. And because uh, I, I, I'm already irritated. And now you're lying right to my face. You ran me off the road. So do they? uh, So we're driving along, and we get right to the point where he ran me off the road. And and then that's like, stop. There it is. No kidding. Cool. So then I found it. Oh, that's good. In a ditch, in the leaves, where you could just see about two-thirds of the phone's red cover. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so... I've always hated phone covers, and now I love it. So there you go. Yeah, no kidding. Well, that's good, man. <clears throat> that would suck. Yeah. It, you know, and, it's uh, just the hassle of trying to replace your phone is, you know, and then, ugh. I don't know. I, I hated probably... that. I know I lost it where there's no cell signal at all for T-Mobile. Yeah, yeah. So, one, I can't use find my phone feature. <laughs> Worse than that, I can't use kill my phone feature. Yeah, it's true. It's true. All it could, all it can do is just be in pending status for like erasing the phone. Yeah, yeah. Until it finds a cell signal. Yeah. You know, whatever. I uh, so I came in. So the, we had a wanna, and I do like the large story group. So I do a story for I don't know, like forty-five kids, and uh, we're busy now with the Christmas rush. So usually we all go in. And uh, so I do it at it's like six thirty to seven, and then a one is done at eight o'clock. And uh, usually going in, and I just hang out and we visit with some other adults and stuff like that. But 
we took separate vehicles because I went and did the story and then I came right back and went back to work making signs. And, um, <clears throat> and Stefan, the kids came home. And so I went in, it was about nine o'clock at night. And, uh, I remember leaving and I was like, I'll leave my AirPods in the shop. I don't need those, but I'll grab my phone. And then I was walked up to the house and then Steph was doing some laundry and I was like, Oh, I may as well throw that stuff in. So I threw it in the laundry. And then, uh, you know, I went and kind of cleaned up and stuff like that. And I was like, where's my phone? Can't find my phone. And so on my watch, Apple watch, there's this button you can press and it'll make your phone ring. If it's in the vicinity, I think it has to have a Bluetooth connection. Um, but yeah, it didn't do that. It's like, it's, my phone's not even showing up. Like I'm not connected to my phone. I'm like, where the heck is it? So I grab my iPad and I go to the find my app and then I click my phone and I can hear it ringing. I'm like, where the earth is that? <laughs> it's in the washing machine. The washing machine's going. <laughs> and it's going bing, 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 bing. <laughs> like, and so we have to pull this huge pile of wet, heavy laundry out at the very back soaking wet but it's just sitting there ringing away bing, 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 bing. i'm like that's pretty cool <laughs> i have never gotten a phone of mine wet like in my entire life but yeah i i put it through i never uh, heard of one getting wet like that and then working well yeah apparently these I've, ipad like the new iphones you can uh like mildly submerge them like they, they don't call them waterproof but i remember one of the commercials was a guy sitting by a pool and people were diving and splashing all over it and they wasn't concerned but yeah. Anyways, that's some yeah. So I guess I I lost my phone this week too. Just not as long as you did. Yeah, but I guess anyways. long gone are the days of having to you put your phone in a Tupperware container full of rice. Yeah, I think so because I yeah I literally just wiped it off and nothing has changed with it. And I'm I'm like, yeah, in theory. That would work, but it would take so long to do. I've seen people use salt. I've seen people, and I'm like, why don't you use desiccant? Why not just go to, you know, Amazon, buy one of those tins of desiccant crystal? Yeah. Open it up, put your phone in it, close it. I yep. bet you in about <laughs> eight hours that thing's going to be as dry <laughs> as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. Period. Okay. Um, I had gotten some, because we used desiccant on the airplanes, and I had gotten a little bit on my skin. Oh, my gosh. Really? Burns. Oh, wow. Just hmm. sucking the moisture right out of your skin. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, and and they, 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 it comes with a warning. It used to. And again, this is like 1990. That... Do not, do not let this stuff remain on you. And it gives you a, a time period. It's only a couple of minutes. And you have to get it off with a certain type of soap mm -hmm. or at least that strength or better. Or it will mummify the part of you it is on. Yeah, <laughs> I just wow. thought that, that warning is just hilarious. That's crazy. <laughs> True, but it's yeah. funny. Yeah. And, yeah. Right on. Oh, stupid bugs flying around here. Anyways, I hey, should probably what? get it's five degrees. What? Well, I got we got some, we got some of the heat on in my shop. I had the guys come out on Monday, and they got the boiler fired up and working. We haven't tested the the zones in the floor yet, but 
and then the the radiator the one in the back works and is blowing great and the one in the front was leaking so they're getting that rebuilt and then we got the office where steph works the the baseboard radiators those suckers are just cranking the heat he said, okay, turn it on full blast overnight and just see what it's like. I came in and it was 82 degrees inside. I'm like, <laughs> yes, we got the heat. But, um, yeah, no, so it'll be nice. I really hope at least one of the zones in this floor isn't shot. Because when my dad and I were kind of messing with it, we had them all open. They need to put a new pump in because a pump for that is gone. But we were messing with it and didn't notice it till after. We were also blowing out the irrigation lines in the, in, for the trees. And uh, go up beside the shop where all the valves for the irrigation are, and there's like black, hot, steaming water. I'm like, ooh. So s- at least some, maybe all of the circuits and the in-floor heating have cracked because this thing was shut off and abandoned, and nobody gave any thought like, hey, let's fill that up with glycol. But anyways, it's, uh, it's not bad. It's like, I think it's about 50 degrees in the shop, in the main part of the shop, which is actually nice when I'm working. Um, it's cold in the morning, but usually after half an hour, I'm like taking my hoodie off and then, you know, just trying not to start sweating. So it's actually a decent work temperature. But, uh, one thing we're doing today, have you ever heard, have you heard of the Cheeto statue that's in Cheeto, Alberta? No, I'm going to look at art today, Todd, like me, Mr. Culture here. So this is about like 10 minutes from my house. If you just look up, uh, or type into your search engine there. Cheetle statue. So you know Cheetos, like the, the little yeah. snacks. Uh, so that guy, that their mascot, the tiger, he officially named. He said all the he used to call it Cheeto dust, and he said it's not Cheeto Cheeto dust. It's called Cheetle, is what he said. And so the Hamlet of Cheetle is like ten minutes from me. And this artist, do you see the the picture now? 17-foot dust statue. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look at that today. <laughs> it looks like a... I'm not going to say what it looks like. Sorry. So it's a Cheeto, like a, a cheese puff, like that's yeah. like orange, and then three fingers that are holding it. Yeah. Yeah. It's And apparently, like... So my parents were in Arizona. They didn't know about this. And uh, in they have a local paper there in Queen Creek. So they're outside of Phoenix one of the suburbs of Phoenix, and in the local newspaper, they had a picture of this Cheeto dust hand. It's crazy. It's moving, I think. They said November 4th, but that like today is the last day, but some people say it's going to be around at the end of the month. But we're going to go look at it. I've seen it. Like I drive by it all the time, and I can just see the top of it behind a house. <laughs> I'm like, you know, there's this like, literally it's a famous art installation 10 minutes from my house. I should probably go look at it. And if you saw the the town, this the pictures do it justice. It's like just a podunk nothing town in Alberta. So, anyways, I'm gonna go look at the the Cheeto the Cheeto dust hand today because <laughs> I'm cultured. I've got to go pick up some wood, and it's on the way. And I'm gonna actually pull in and drive the block down there so I can actually see the whole thing. But weird, right? That's art. Yeah. That's modern art, man. Although I kind of like it because I'm like okay with a little bag <laughs> of Cheetos. Yeah, that's what everybody eating, does. I'm going, hey, I'm eating your children. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'd like to go up there with a sledgehammer and see how, what it's made of. <laughs> you know, like, is a, I mean, I don't know. It'd just be fun to go out there and hit it as hard as you could. Like, it's literally just sitting in a field. It's not like there's security or anything like that. But 
Anyways. Yeah, I shouldn't say that because I know that's going to happen and I'll get blamed for it. But. Well, I, of course it wasn't me. But you said <laughs> it on the internet. Yeah. So? That's funny. No, worse than that, they'd be like, well, it's y'all's fault for saying it. Yeah. That's no, it right. Wasn't. It's their fault for doing it. Yeah. Right on. Well, I should probably get to work. Got some more widgets to make, but that was a good show. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, we, we hit some good topics. Again, solved a lot of the world's problems, and uh, maybe we'll have to get a hotline so people can call in and we can solve individual problems one at a time on air. You know? We'll fix it. Fix everything up. Yeah, we need some liability insurance before we do that. <laughs> no, we just have a caveat that we say. The thoughts and opinions are our own. Does my insurance cover agreeing yeah. that this idiot should go through with suicide? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right Get on. out of the gene pool. That's right. Well, thanks a lot, Todd. This was good. And thanks Absolutely. to the listeners. And uh, hopefully Squadcast recorded this because, well, whatever. We, we, like we did last week, we, we figured it wouldn't record because it wasn't. But we talked anyways. But still still worth a conversation. But it'd be kind of nice if it's uh, recorded. I'm recording we can... locally just in case. Okay. Although I hope it doesn't sound the way that we've been hearing it because you sound like you're in a tin can right now. And I think I do too. <laughs> like this is the worst sounding audio I've ever heard when we record. So. It doesn't Maybe sound we'll have that to. bad on my end now. Oh, well. Yeah, you still sound like you're in a, in a tin can. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking into it because we can move our dollars to another provider. I think Squadcast has had enough of our, our money and our, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be offended if we left them. But we'll see what else there is out there. But, anyways, thanks all for listening, and we'll catch you next week. See you all later. Bye-bye.